Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's unrestricted. Hi, everybody. It's Tony Schiavone, and that is... Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards, who is the greatest referee that I've ever worked with in my life. Checks in the mail, Tony. You got it. Hey, so uh, this edition of Unrestricted, we are going to talk to Aubrey about her career, because I think it's a it's an interesting story. It's a great story, because um, you and I have gotten to know each other doing this podcast yeah, together. Yeah, it's been super fun. It has been. And my first uh, my first time that I remember even seeing you was at Double or Nothing, and I was I was in the stands in Double right. or Nothing. You I was were, front you row on on yeah. with the company. At right, that point. I was not. I was oh. not. Conrad Thompson uh, got me to go, and he said, "Come on, I'll, I'll sit with. We'll all sit in the front row together. We'll have a great time." And of mm-hmm. course, he didn't show up. He stayed in the back and said hello to everybody. <laughs> so I remember I remember seeing you in the ring, and I remember thinking, "Wow, she's really good. She's you know she's serious. She's." She makes it seem uh, like a, a sporting event. It's like so, a shoot, brother. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so I thought it was great, and the fact that you and I are working together is is very, very good. I wanted to talk a little bit about to start out with, as we always do here on Unrestricted, about your beginnings. Oh, my beginnings. Yeah, because um, you're a, and it, because you have a lot of uh, background in video games, and and that's what you're uh, right. That's what, you're still kind of. A little bit, a little bit. So so tell us about that. Yeah, so like I... You started out as a child. I started as a child. Right. I was born on the East Coast. Uh, My parents met in the Army. That's a fun story. So you're an Army brat? No, they actually used me as an excuse to leave the Army. Oh, okay. Because they're like, we don't want to raise a kid in the Army. So screw this, we're out. Um, (laughs) Moved to California. (laughs) Right. I actually grew up in Northern California for... uh, Graduated high school, immediately moved up to Seattle. Um, And I went to Seattle because that's where I got my undergrad in computer science. I went to a school called DigiPen, which is basically like the Ivy League for video game programming. Uh, it's it's a really rough program. There's like they're trying to cram essentially five years of college curriculum into four, right? And they, it feels like they're charging you for eight, but right. you know whatever. Let, um, me, let me stop you right there. Yes. <laughs> this, because no, it's interesting because uh, you know I worked on video games with uh, with WCW back in the day. Right. I worked with EA Sports. Right. And have a lot of friends in the in the business. And that was back in the 90s. And I know it's changed a great it's deal. It's changed quite a bit. Yeah. But a lot of it's still the same. Right. It's a lot like wrestling, right? R- sure. Is it something that you always wanted to do? Yes. That was like... From the get-go, you said, I want to work in the video... I want to work in computers and video games. Yeah. I was like, I was I was in elementary school, like, playing... Um, my favorite game of all time is The Legend of Zelda. I was playing right. Zelda and went, wait, there's people that legit, like, made this as a living. And now I get to experience this. And it's really, really cool. So right. that was my whole plan... I didn't actually start watching wrestling until about 2011, which is after I had graduated college. Just kind of date myself a little bit. Okay. So yeah, I, I did the whole game thing. I was in video games for 10 years. I originally started as a programmer, and then I went into production. And producer is kind of a loaded term in video games because what producer means in like television and movies is completely different than what it means okay. in video games. What does it mean in video games? Essentially, I'm the person that makes everything happen. So I'm doing schedules, I'm doing resource management, I'm doing media, 
I'm doing essentially if there's a job that needs doing and it's not anyone's responsibility, it falls on me. Right. But I'm, like, a, like a general manager, right? Oh, oh, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. It's like I'm managing the team, but I'm not actually creating anything. There's nothing I can point at and say, I did that. That's mine. Like you can't really print out like a schedule and stick it in a box anymore. Like that's right. <laughs> not something that happens. I understand that, right. So yeah, I was doing that for like 10 years. Most recently I was working on like MMOs and VR stuff. Like up until about... I think July of 2019. So I was already involved with AEW. I was still working in games full time. So you graduate from school. Yes. And you go right into the field. Right into the field. And is it true about programmers that they just sit there for hours upon days upon end and <laughs> look at a screen? Have you ever seen the movie Grandma's Boy? Uh, I don't think I have, no. Okay. Well, okay. I, I recommend it because okay. it's basically like a stereotype mm-hmm. of what video game development is like. Okay. You've got the dude in the trench coat with his back, like leaning back chair and his 10 monitors and right. he's super nerdy. Like right. that's, that's essentially what it is. <laughs> okay. um, I think it's, it's, I mean, I, I jokes aside, like there's a lot of long hours in video games. It's kind of one of the reasons why I don't miss it so much. Mm-hmm. It's a very creative field, but at the same time, like we all start to get burnt out when we're doing it for very, very long hours for very long periods of time. So uh, lucrative, I mean, not as lucrative as like making bank software. Okay. I guess not. <laughs> but but it's also not as fun. Like sure. it's pretty cool to be able to play something and then like see the reactions of people online playing your game. Sure. I think that's ultimately like one of the things that really drew me to wrestling is or, or being a part of wrestling is the idea that we're creating something and you have that immediate fan response right. of here's this thing that we're making and the fans are enjoying it or they're not enjoying it. Sure. And it's a symbiotic relationship between fan and performer that with games you'd work on something for five years ship it basically send it away from the nest and then someone would consume it and that's it so this is very nice in the sense that like there's a lot of back and forth and i really appreciate that seattle good place for video games it's pretty much like the hub for video game development yeah it's a big reason why i still live up there right Um, one would think it would be northern california yeah northern california had a bit they had a bit of a boom for a bit Mm -hmm. um but like seattle Austin, Texas for a bit, New York, kind of the major hubs. But like my first job was in downtown Bellevue. And when I left that job, which like it's, it's a city like east of Seattle. When I left that job, I specifically chose my next job because my commute was the same, which is a five minute walk from my house. (laughs) Instead of walking five minutes east, I walked five minutes south to just a different building. Right. My most recent job was in downtown Seattle and two blocks away. My husband worked at another video game studio. Okay. So we would just get lunch all the time and whatnot. All right. Yeah. My gym is right next to Bungie, who did like Halo and okay. Destiny and all that. All so right. like I literally get out of the elevator to go to LA Fitness and it's like, oh yeah, no, there's there's a giant Destiny poster. We're talking with uh, Aubrey <laughs> Edwards, uh, AEW Unrestricted, Unrestricted. podcast. Uh, and I'm Tony Schiavone. And this is all interesting stuff. And I say that because I, I had four boys in the 90s and one girl. And so video games were a big part of our life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very big part of our lives. And actually, I played video games along with them a lot, too. As, That's actually, like, when I got into it, right. like, my mom played them a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of pictures of her and me when I'm really young, like, because the Game Boys back in the 80s were massive. Right. So I couldn't hold it because my hands were so small. I was, mm-hmm. like, two or three. So my mom would play, and I'd sit behind her and watch her play. And that was right. how I played video games, air quotes. And then when she was pregnant with my sister, mm-hmm. we would, like, sit and play like Sega, because she couldn't do anything. She was bigger than a house. Right. So like we just played video games together constantly as a family. 
Um, well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great story. Yeah, it's, it was super Play awesome. Play video games together as a family. Right. It's, right. it's, it's, video games get a bad rap because it's like people who does. don't understand them, like, oh, well, this is bad and it's, it's introducing violence to kids and all this stuff. But it's like, it's literally been a part of my childhood. Like, I played NBA Jam with my dad. And that was the thing that got me into basketball initially was like a video game, hmm. not even basketball. Right. <laughs> but I always played Dead Love Shrimp on the Sonics. Yeah. That was my go to. Then they stole your team and moved into Oklahoma City. We don't like to talk about okay. that. We won't. So Aubrey, you mentioned your husband. Is he in the, is he in the video games, computers? That is uh, that is the vocation. Yeah, we actually met uh, at my freshman orientation in college. Mm-hmm. He was a junior. Uh, he invited me to a party. Your typical like mm. college story, right? Like right. boy meets girl. Boy invites girl to party. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years later, they've been married for a very long time. The difference, though, with my school is that there was like two hundred in my freshman class, and I was one of eight girls. Mm-hmm. So like. I was really popular for about a week. Uh, and then I started dating my husband and then nobody talked to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you're still into video games? I am. I'm actually playing more now than I used to. Right. I think traveling has definitely helped with that. Right. Like I'm doing a lot of um, Nintendo Switch just because right. I can play it on the airplane and whatnot. I think I'm playing more now than I was in recent years just because I'm not in it so much anymore. It's a lot easier to have it feel like fun and not like work. I used to um, just, uh, there was a video game called Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. 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 A real creepy video game. Super creepy. Okay. So when I was traveling with WCW, I would bring a whatever. Like a PlayStation. PlayStation. We had PlayStation 2, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would try to hook it into the back of a monitor, which was difficult to do. Right. Right. Yeah, at the time that wasn't. Really easy. Now they've got the switch boxes in the I, I hotel, so you make it really easy. I know. So all, all my years of traveling with a with a minor league baseball team, all these guys have these cases. Yeah, and they're carrying their video games with them. It's, there's it's still some deal. guys in like wrestling that do that. Really? Yeah. There's um one of the refs over at uh, the other company mm-hmm. definitely like brings his PlayStation Four along with him to like every hotel room right. he's in and just plays games constantly. Sure. Well, PlayStation Four is kind of more than just a, a, a right. Video game You've console. got your DVD. Like they're right. they're all encompassing now, right. which is insane to me. Right. Like that, it's not just like take out a cartridge, blow on it, and put it back in when it's not working. It's like right. no, this is a full on media center now. Technology's wild. It's wild, and it's also obviously, I would think. By the way, this is a podcast about wrestling, and we are going to get to wrestling, but we're talking one hundred percent about wrestling. Yes, we're going to talk to Aubrey. Totally. We're talking about her great background in in, in not in, wrestling, in non wrestling, <laughs> because we all have had a background in non wrestling. Right. right. I mean, we all come from different walks of life. That's right. one of the things that's really interesting about wrestling. Yeah, it is. But I would think. Well, I know that back in the nineties, when I was working, when doing video games and, and doing some work with uh, EA Sports, the internet was not as prevalent as it is now. No. And I think now, am I right with the internet that the video game boom especially the money that the video mm-hmm. games can make is mm-hmm. incredible now it's massive and i think part of that is like the community building aspect mm-hmm. like the fact that people can play on games online with strangers and build all of these friendships from that it's it's a huge huge thing that just had never been really accessible before your mom ever tell you not to talk with strangers uh she did but i'm pretty outgoing so it ends up happening a lot anyway <laughs> i know you are yeah <laughs> don't text with strangers, Aubrey. I, I definitely don't text mm-hmm. with strangers. Hey, who's this? Here's a dick pic. Like, <laughs> that doesn't happen to you, Tony? No, that's oh. never happened to me before. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I've got some fun stories later. <laughs> I bet you do. Oh, boy. Um, you're from Seattle. Mm-hmm. You, you still live in Seattle. Correct. And uh, Long flights every week. Long, Yeah, long <laughs> flights every week. 
and obviously I, I would ask you, do you like Seattle? And the question, the answer would be, yes, it's my home. Right. Well, I, I love it. I love the weather. A lot of people like think of Seattle and they think it's raining constantly. Raining all the time, right. And it's not necessarily like pouring rain all the time. Like there's a nice mist or it just got done raining. Mm-hmm. Like I think I lived there like 10 years before I ever bought a raincoat. You just kind of like keep wearing more hoodies. Okay. Just layer on the hood. I, like I went 12 years before I got an umbrella. Right. Just little things. It's it's not that bad. But the sun does shine there. It does. Like our summers are gorgeous. Uh, we try to not tell people that so we right. can keep them out. But August and September, it's like 70, 75 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Sure. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like Seattle has just so much color and there's so much green and blue with all the water. Mm-hmm. Got lots of great food. But yeah, like I went up there for one industry and I built a whole life. All my friends are out there. I own a condo. That's pretty dope. Right. But yeah, so I I think that's one of the reasons why I really like working for a company like AEW. Right. Is that I can still maintain this part of my life that I built before this company and they're totally cool with that. Yeah, that's one of the great things about working with with Tony Khan and it's working so good. It's just it's unbelievable. And now because of Everything is so closer together now mm-hmm. because of the internet and because, you know, telephones. And right. You don't have to all be in one place anymore. Exactly. It's like we all work remote. Right. Like since I came on um, for the project coordinator job mm-hmm. with the office, like I do most of my communication all just through email, which you can right. do on your phone now. So right. like I don't need to be in a particular place in order to work with people. But, you know, that means that the one day a week where I am with people, it's that much more important to me that right. we all get to hang out because I only get to see my coworkers one day a week now. Maybe if they're booked, so. Well, her uh, transition from video games and computers to wrestling is an interesting story. We're talking with Aubrey Edwards on AEW Unrestricted. We're talking with Aubrey Edwards. That's right, you are. Yes, we are. One of the great referees, and not only that, one of the great people behind the scenes. And before we talk about uh, your workload that you have here in All Elite Wrestling. Mm -hmm. By the way, this is the uh, podcast, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. And my name is Tony Schiavone. I'm the guy on the TV show that says, you're right, JR. You're right, Excalibur. You say that really well. I know. And I get paid for it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the transition. You, you mentioned uh, earlier that you got into wrestling in 2011 or didn't even know about pro wrestling until 2011. Yeah. So I didn't know. Well, like, everyone knows about wrestling. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. Like everyone right. knows who Hulk Hogan is. But you weren't a, a fan. No, right? I never watched it as a kid growing up. Like I didn't have like brothers who got me into it. Like my dad hated it. Yeah. But it's, it was never something that was a part of my life. And then one year, I think it was WrestleMania 27. They had the rock and stone cold come back Mm -hmm. to host. And all of my friends who watched wrestling growing up were like, Ooh, they're coming back. Let's have a WrestleMania party. So we treated it like the Super Bowl. We all brought over like dishes. We had prop bets and stuff. Okay. And I literally don't know anything that's happening. Like I'm Googling who the undertaker is. Okay. That, that'll tell you a little bit about like my <laughs> level of understanding for wrestling at that right. point. And I kind of didn't really like stay with it. It was like, okay, this is cool and interesting. Great. Fine. Whatever. But that was the thing that hooked my husband back into it. Cause he watched as a kid and about a month or so later on an episode of raw, there was the CM Punk pipe bomb. And I come home from work and my husband's like, you have to see this. So he shows me this clip And it was in that moment that I realized that wrestling is actually just a form of storytelling because I'm watching this thing going, I don't know how much of this is real or Mm -hmm. not. And that's really cool that I don't know anything about this character or this story, but I'm immediately invested. And from that moment, I was hooked. And I'm very much, I have the type of personality that when I'm into something, I go into it 100%. 
So I started watching WWE. I'd start Googling all these wrestlers as they came up. Oh, what's Ring of Honor? Oh, mm-hmm. what are what are the independents? What's Evolve? Who's this guy? Right. And then finding out all these other things. And then I think like WrestleMania 31, we actually like went down to San Diego. 32, we went to Dallas. Like, Ooh, wow. So, yeah. yeah so um, we went to TakeOver Brooklyn. Like I'm literally planning like really my family trips around TakeOver so I can <laughs> justify wow. going to New York. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went deep, deep into it. Because I had so much to catch up on. Right. Like, and I wanted to know all of these things and I was enjoying all of these aspects of it. And if there's something I wasn't liking, there's so much out there that I could find something else. Right. There's a lot of characters that I got drawn to because I saw myself in them. Like my, my favorite wrestler was Daniel Bryan. There's this really famous picture of me. Uh, so Daniel Bryan's from Seattle, from outside of Seattle. He's from Aberdeen. Uh, but his retirement show he was at and he did it at Key Arena in Seattle where the Sonics played. And I'm in the front row just bawling my eyes out. And it's this, like, if you actually look like Daniel Bryan crying girl online, like, my face comes up and I'm just crying. I'm, I'm glad to check it out. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty pretty ridiculous okay. that, like, when you become, like, a meme because of your wrestling <laughs> fandom. Right. And then later on, like, uh, I mean, like, years later, someone on Reddit was like, wait, is that Aubrey? I'm like, yeah, no, that's definitely me. Like, <laughs> Wow. I get invested, dude. Those are real goddamn tears. <laughs> so this is really interesting. So you you have no knowledge of pro wrestling. None. You're in the video game world, the computer Correct. world, and now all of a sudden the uh, CM Punk pipe bomb thing, you see that and you and you 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 get caught up in the bug, but you're caught up in the bug as a fan. Correct. Did you, did you think now this is something I want to do? It I want to never be in? crossed my mind. Really? Because so video games was my profession, but my hobby for the majority of my entire life is I was a classically trained ballet dancer. So I started dancing when I was nine mm-hmm. and basically stuck with that. Right. At one point I was trying to go pro and and I was too tall uh, and I was too curvy. <laughs> Ballerinas, they want a very particular look. You have to be like 5'2", real thin, right. brunette. Like if you're not that, you're you're not going to make it. So wow. um, This is all great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Video games, classically trained ballerina. I'm all over the place. I'm wow. a cornucopia of interesting stories. <laughs> yes, right. uh, so yeah, I did, I did dance for a really, really long right. time. And it was around early 2017. There were a couple of things happening in my life at the time. Uh, but eventually I ended up retiring from dance. I'm not that old. I'm, I don't think you are. No, I'm, I'm 32, but in dance years... You don't years, look a day over 31. The makeup's really good. Yeah. You start kind of getting up there as a dancer. Like, it really just takes a toll on your body. So I was looking at closing out that part of my life anyway. And I didn't realize at the time how important performing was to me as a form of creative expression. So I got seriously depressed. And right about that time, the referees at one of my local indies, 321 Battle, said, hey, we're looking for more refs. Have you, have you ever considered this? I'm like, no, why? And they're like, well, you, you know the whole roster. You come to our shows. My husband was actually a wrestler on the show, so he had been wrestling for about a year and a half. And I was content with just being a supportive wife and in the fans and in with the fans and you know, cheering, supporting all that. But I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess I could try. I don't understand. Like, why? Like, I didn't see the parallels mm-hmm. initially. And once I started training, it all clicked. Because if you've ever seen, like, you've seen, like, the Nutcracker, right? Yes. So in the Nutcracker, you have something like Snow Scene, where you've got one of the dancers in the front in her tutu. She's probably on the poster dancing, and she's really, really good. And then you've got about 20 dancers behind, the, behind her that are just there as, like, enhancement to make her look good. So that's essentially what a referee is. Like, I'm there to help the guys on the poster that you actually came to see tell a story. Right. You're not the girl in the tutu. No, no. I'm totally fine wearing right. the longer skirt right. that hides the bent knees. And right. 
kind of just standing in the back, smiling, looking pretty, posing. So, so let posing. me let me ask you this. So, yeah. you apparently, from what you're telling me, you went to WrestleMania. You went all around the country to see the big events. No intention of ever joining the right. business. But you were also, and your husband, I guess, you were also into the independent wrestling scene too. Yeah, how did you get in, caught up in that? It's it's kind of hard to like not get into independence if you're following these guys who have had these storied careers, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, like my my favorite wrestler was Daniel Bryan, and like mm-hmm. he was he had a huge run in Ring of Honor for a long time. Sure. So learning about Ring of Honor and then finding like that's how I learned about the Young Bucks. Right. Was I suddenly started watching a lot of Ring of Honor? I was like, oh, who are these guys? Like, Sure. What not. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting because the state of Washington has a lot of restrictions on professional wrestling. It's only. Really? Yeah. They're, they're like what? Department of Licensing is real. Uh, oh. Athletic commissions. You, you know government the Government getting involved. You know the deal. Yeah. Like some some yarder got hurt and then government yeah. officials got mad and mm-hmm. they're like, no, you, you can't run shows and charge money. So which is like short version. That's essentially what happened. So independent wrestling in Washington basically died. And a lot of the shows that were happening were happening under the radar. They weren't advertised. You couldn't really like talk about them at all because if the DOL found out, they would just shut you down. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was like a very interesting time. Pretty much. <laughs> it felt like prohibition, but for wrestling. <laughs> right. Um, so I had mentioned this company, 321 Battle. So sure. that was the company that there was the first independent show in Washington I had seen. We heard about it on some thread online and we went, it was a Halloween show. And it's like literally in the bottom floor of a combat gym underneath two music venues and a bar. It's pretty much the most punk rock thing that like I had done at that point. <laughs> and I think I even left early because I'm like, oh, main event, it's 11 o'clock. I need to be up early. <laughs> like totally like not my life now. Okay. But yeah, it was like the most interesting thing I had ever seen. And it's very, it's very silly, kind of on the weird spectrum of wrestling, not necessarily the more like super indie stuff. Uh, but since I started discovering the independence locally, uh, a lot of the stuff in Washington has changed. So now we've got this sort of boom happening. We've got a number of companies that are popping up the area. That's Defy, good. Without a Cause. Um, so right. for me, like, it was great because I actually had a very full indie schedule without having to leave Seattle. Right. So they they ask you, would you like to be a referee? And you said... I said, sure, I'll try it. Yeah. Um, so and there was actually like a, like a tryout. Where okay. It's like, okay, you know the rules. We're going to have these guys call like a little five-minute match and mm-hmm. just do what you would normally do. And it was really like in the back with no fans, just uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like the, like a practice setting, a practice session, right? Okay, so it's it. like you got a couple people there, like taking notes and stuff, but the lights are on, nobody's cheering, like sure. it's it's very um, all of the uh, all of the dramatic and the romantic nature of a wrestling show mm-hmm. is just gone, right? But yeah, so I'm kind of standing behind wrestlers, which already is throwing me off because mm-hmm. I've only watched wrestling from the front, and I fed a lot off of like social cues and body language, especially being a dancer, so you could kind of see what was coming next. And immediately standing behind wrestlers, I have no idea what's happening. Sure. So I'm getting in the way. I have no idea what to do with my hands. Right. Uh, even though I know the rules, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I should be doing something here. Oh, my God. No, he's, he's on the rope. I need to count to, I count to five, right? right like right, I, right. I, I'm like trying to remember all sure. of the things that I know, but it's just so, so difficult. And it was, it was really terrible. And I got in my car and I cried. <laughs> it was real bad. But I'm, I'm a firm believer in like trying something once doesn't necessarily give you an understanding of what it is. So I tried it again. And the second time was much more fun because it's not as aggravating. Uh, well, they, what did they invite you back for? A second? Yeah. They so basic- you must have been okay. Right, I, I, I guess everybody's so. hard on their side. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe it's a draw to have a lady and it's like, Hey, let's just get her there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Sure. She checks that box. Um, <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so they, they said that I had potential. It's mm-hmm. the famous line. Um, so I went back and I practiced for about two months and then they put me on a show and, that was July of 2017. 
So timeline-wise, it's... Wow, it's not that long ago. Yeah, I haven't been doing this for... It's only been like two and a half years. Right. Yeah. So you went from that, and give us your progression. Um, I worked my home promotion, 3-2-1 Battle, for about July, August, for about three months. And then I started branching out of the area. I went up to Vancouver and worked with ECCW. Okay. They're one of the most well-known companies up in that region of Canada. So I worked uh, with them on their roster, and then I started to kind of branch out a little bit more, working more in Oregon for West Coast Wrestling Connection. Uh, at one point, I actually drove down to San Diego, which is about a 22-hour drive. Yeah, right down the coast. Um, that was the first time so, I met Rick Knox, because okay. he was booked for a show. Independent wrestling. In, independent legend. wrestling. It was uh, yeah. this promotion called Ground Zero down in San Diego. Right. Rick Knox was supposed to work it, but he had just taken a choke slam at PWG, and his collarbone had been broken. Because Rick Knox is a friggin' legend. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but it's cool yeah. to still have him like in I the know. back, like critiquing your match and giving yeah. you feedback and stuff. I actually credit him to uh, helping me with tag team wrestling mm-hmm. because tag team wrestling is just very, very complicated. And there's so many nuances that you just don't see in any other match format. And I hated them. Right. Because uh, it's just so much to worry about. And I wasn't having fun with them. And sitting down with Knox and being able to ask, like, how do I handle this situation? He gave me a lot of pointers. Kind of changed my perspective on it a bit. You're yeah. still you're still working in video games this time? Or? Yeah. Okay. So I was working in video games pretty much the entirety of it. Okay. Um, because independent wrestling, really, you it doesn't can't pay. Really make and it. like hot dog and a handshake, right? right. Like you, maybe you get your gas money covered if you have like sure. five guys piled in a car. You like, do it because you love it. You do it okay. because you love it, right? Like I'd basically have some spending cash to buy a couple candy bars at a gas station. But oh. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was rolling in it, dude. And that's why everyone sells merch. Exactly. <laughs> that is the reason why. Right. Because uh, merch is where you make your money. You don't yeah. make your money on POs. Right. God yeah. bless pro wrestling tees. God bless pro wrestling tees. Yeah, those guys <sighs> Thank are you the best. for everything. Absolutely. But yeah, so 2017, I primarily worked uh, Pacific Northwest. And then early 2018, I started branching out. I actually did uh, my first show during a WrestleMania weekend. I did Beyond Wrestling and I refed the Shine Championship match at a WWN show. So I was just finding all of these little things that I could do. In interesting places. I did a show in Florida. Basically, I do the thing where if I'm traveling somewhere to visit family, I'd see what was going on that weekend and see if I could maybe get on an indie show at the time. Just because I wanted to work. I I had this thirst for knowledge. It kind of comes back from that perspective of I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can. Like there's so much to this aspect of the business that I had no idea existed. And now I just want to learn as much as I possibly can and get as good as I can. And working for different companies and different people and different promoters you just learn all of these different things that you can then apply to, you know, the places you work regularly and just become better. And that was really all it was, is that I just was striving to do as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing a couple more shows in California, kind of all over the place. And then I ended up doing the May Young Classic with WWE uh, in 2018. How did you get booked on that? Uh, so Jessica Carr, who's now on SmackDown, okay. she was their first full-time female referee. Um, right. so she started refing right around the same time I did. She had been wrestling for 10 years prior. So her story is very different than mine, but we had gotten in contact through a mutual friend of ours, Brutal Bob. And we just kind of like touch base every now and then see how we're all doing. Uh, she'd watch some tape, give me some feedback and whatnot. And there, I mean, there's not a lot of women in the business, so we kind of all have to support each other. Right. But it was right around... June where she hit me up and said they're looking for another lady ref for the May Young Classic and she asked if I would be interested in coming by for a tryout. I'm like, uh, yeah, of course, please. 
So I did the tryout. Where was the tryout? It was Orlando? in Florida. It was in it was in the, the performance Perform center. center. Okay. Yeah. So I went out for a week. Um, it was during back when NXT was still taped in advance. Right. It was during an NXT taping week. Okay. So I actually had a dark match. It was like three minutes bell to bell mm-hmm. because that's that's just what it is. Right. And uh, they apparently liked me enough that they had me do the Mae Young Classic, which was another week at the performance center. And then. That was early August. And then September, they had me back. We did like an NXT live loop that weekend. Um, so I did three cities in Florida on top of like an in-performance center show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just get, getting all of this information and knowledge and whatnot. And then, you got to be pretty thrilled by this time. Dude, you? it's awesome. Yeah. Like I'm, I've been barely, I'm a freaking baby. Right. And I'm learning all of this stuff that people would just kill for. Right. I ended up doing the Evolution pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I was on the outside for the Battle Royal. Right. So it's like I'm... Literally a year and a half in, and I'm doing a show with like 12,000 people in New York. Like, sure, it's a battle royal. It's only like eight minutes, and I'm barely on screen, but it's right. like the experience of it, right? Sure. But yeah, it was 2019. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. I guess so. uh, we're talking with <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? We're talking with Aubrey Edwards on our AEW Unrestricted podcast. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about her roles with All Elite Wrestling, which are more than just being a referee. Yeah. We're talking with Aubrey Edwards. On AEW Unrestricted, I'm Tony Schiavone, and we've talked about uh, your career in, in video games and computers and independent scene, and you, you're in the Mae Young Classic, and you're doing some things on the NXT loop. And yeah. I'm doing pretty much everything at that point. Right. And, like, not getting signed, so that was well, weird. So the, so, that was my next question. <laughs> they didn't offer you anything. No, they? they never did. Um and I, I mean, like every company kind of runs its own way and I can't fault someone for like not hiring someone specifically. Like maybe it was just wrong time. Maybe I said something that offended somebody. I don't, I don't friggin' know. Yeah. Who knows, right? But I know that I got a lot of really great information out of it. I got amazing experiences out of it. So yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because I'm putting all this time into it and I'm taking time off of work and mm. I just want someone to love me and hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I guess I'm on the indies forever. Right. Okay, guys, bye. <laughs> so AEW comes into uh, the fold. And yeah, talk it, about timing, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> I think, you and I, I think uh, you and I had lunch recently, and, and, and we talked about do you believe in uh, things that are meant to be? Right, and I don't. I, I and just, I don't either, but it almost sounded like this was meant to be. I, I believe in being prepared for opportunities. Right. And I've been very much, a lot of my success is due to very, very good timing sure. on whatever may be happening. Like, I mean, I, I tried to make this my life before it actually was. Like, I wanted to commit to it. I started lifting weights and working out because someone said that a referee should look like they are able to break up a fight. R- I'm like, well, I'm a I tiny, yeah. right. And I'm like yeah. this tiny little girl with these big dudes in the ring. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I guess I better beef up, get some mm-hmm. muscle. Right. Uh, started eating better, tried to sleep better, which is really hard when you work in the indies and you're I'm sure. on the road all the time. But basically like trying to make it a full-time thing before it was a thing, because who knows when opportunities are going to come around, right? So do what I can in the meantime. And then turns out when you end up on a show with Frankie Kazarian mm-hmm. and All Elite Wrestling has just been announced, like things kind of hopefully work out. Right. And they did. So, so. that is, so Frankie Kazarian had a, a great impact on this. Yeah. So he was basically the guy that put my name in to the pot with the mm-hmm. young bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like three weeks before AEW was announced. It was around Christmas season. And we were on a show together up in Canada and I roughed one of his matches. I actually, I actually fucked up the finish. It was really, yeah, yeah <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not like a wrestler hasn't before. Right. No, yeah. it's not like, it's not like this doesn't happen, you know, 
you, you never want it to happen. Right. And especially like when any match could be a job interview, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh God. But if you ask Frankie about it, he'll actually tell you that it made the match better. Uh, okay. I disagree, but whatever. Essentially what had happened is that the guy, he was pinning, Frankie was a baby face. He was pinning the heel. And I counted the three, called for the bell. They started playing Frankie's music. And then I look over and his foot's on the rope. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope, waved it off, said, mm-hmm. we're restarting the match. Okay. So it was great because the crowd had this like, yay, he won. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not over. Okay. Right. And it was this really powerful moment because Frankie has his baby face. Doesn't mm-hmm. want to win because the ref made a mistake. He wants right. to win outright. That's right. So, and going from there, I mean, we immediately went to the go home. So it had this like big old like cycle of emotions of just like, yay. Oh no. Yay. So the crowd really ate it up. Sure. And I, 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 maybe there's something to say there. Like maybe Frankie's right. Maybe it right. did make it better. I don't sure. know. But um, I mean, it's just, you kind of roll with the punches. Like things happen. Great. We can't, it's, it's live. We can't predict everything that's going to happen. You just kind of have to roll with it and experience it in the moment. Well, speaking as an old timer, that's the way they used to do matches all the time. All anyway. the time. Yeah. yeah. They just rolled with it. Yeah. Just call it in the ring, brother. They, exactly. That's how they did it. So. Yeah. So it's like we, we plan a lot of stuff ahead of time now. I mean, it's 2020. Right. Like everything's called in the back. Yeah. We all know this. But it not, doesn't always work out that It doesn't way. always work. Or something really resonates that you weren't expecting. So we're going to kind of go in a different direction and try mm-hmm. this out a little bit. Because this is the only form of media where fans can, in real time, respond to what's happening. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's that's basically how I got in touch with like the Bucks and Cody and so everyone else. So, did you else. get the call? And who called you? Oh boy. Um. So the AEW call. The AEW call. So early 2019, when AEW had been announced, the Bucks started doing this thing where they'd show up at random independent shows. Right. So, I was in one in Atlanta when they were there. Right. right. So I was working the Defy show that they showed up at. Okay. And that was the same show that SCU was on. So all like Scorpio, Frankie, and CD. Mm-hmm. And it was a 3v3 with a bunch of the local guys. And I basically like twisted the arm of the other ref like, I need this match. Like, <laughs> you don't understand how much I need this match. Um, so yeah, he, I thanks Benjamin Roberts. <laughs> he definitely did me a solid. Uh-huh. So... They show up, CD pulls me aside, and he's like, hey, we're talking about you for Double or Nothing. Uh, so depending on how things go, we, we may be discussing things with you afterwards. And I'm like, okay, cool. And at this point, there's no mention that the Bucks are going to be there at all, because mm-hmm. they were kind of quiet and on the down low. And right. if you ask the promoter, he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, so I ref the match. It goes well. I'm in the back. And I, I wait behind the curtain, wait for all the other guys to come through, like shake their hands, give them water, ask if everyone's okay, all that. CD was the last one through. And then he's like, okay, so we'd like you for double or nothing. And he started throwing out numbers and all this stuff. And I'm like, I still have the main event to do tonight, <laughs> which was a title match. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, like, please don't shit your pants. Please don't shit your right. pants. <laughs> I was thinking that your mind is really racing at that time. Yeah, and I'm like, and I can't really tell anybody right now because mm-hmm. I have to go meet up with these guys and call mm-hmm. a match. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, so that's essentially what had happened. Like, I had only come on for the one show. And uh, double or nothing went well. And in the back, while the show is happening, Cody tells me that I'm going to ref his match with Darby at Fighter Fest. I'm like, I don't know if he knows that I don't have a contract for Fighter Fest. Right. So this is going to be an awkward email, but hi. Yeah. And then they brought me on for all of the next three shows. They told me at the after party of Fighter Fest that I was going to be doing the Jericho Page match at All Out. Wow. So that was the most like stressful two months of my life. I bet, yeah. <laughs> Just like... Okay, I got to do cardio. <laughs> right. I got to get real ready for this because sure. that title is super heavy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's work some shoulders. Yeah. Right. So we started, when did you get full time? Full time. Um, 
So I got the full-time offer right after Fight for the Fallen. Okay. I signed it, like, immediately. Um, but, like, starting full-time, like, getting the paycheck... Right. Uh, ...was September 1st. Okay. So it was the day after All Out. Right. Um, which was great, because I had just gotten laid off from my video game job about a month prior. Things happen for a reason, Yay, maybe. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, I don't know. Timing? I mean, the thing with video games is that's actually a pretty common occurrence. Really? Yeah, it's a very cyclical profit like scheme where you release something, you make a lot of money and then years go by before anything else is released. So if you don't release something or there's no interest in your product at all, you basically end up shutting down and the whole team gets laid off. I got that. So it wasn't my first layoff. And the company I worked at at the time was real good about like keeping us informed on everything. So I knew it was coming, which meant that like August was basically just a paid vacation because I got severance Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was going to work at All Elite. So I ended up painting my hallway. No one likes severance pay. It was There's dope, nothing dude. like Severance Bay. So good. Yeah. I got to keep my health care. Awesome. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, so then I started with uh, AEW in September, and then the weekly TV started up in October. Right. And that's just been my life ever since. Okay, there's more than just uh, Aubrey Edwards, the referee. Yeah. As far as all elite wrestling is concerned. Tell yeah. us about that. So, uh, what was it? Probably, we were actually in Chicago for the Sears Center show. Okay. Um, November-ish. And I get pulled aside by Nick Sobek, who's one of our VP business guys. Right before Thanksgiving. Right, right. And he basically tells me, like, hey, we saw your shoot resume. You've been doing all this project manager stuff for years. We feel like you would probably, you know, be helpful with us. I'm like, yes, please. Like, I just want to help. I love this company. I love everything that they've done for me. I want to work here as long as I can. How can I make this company be better? So it was immediately like, he just tells me, like, hey, we want to bring you on in, like, a project management capacity. I'm like, yes, where do I sign? Like, give me paperwork now. Um, so I started as a project coordinator and it's still very, very new and fresh and whatnot. Like I would do a lot of the emailing back and forth for this podcast. I'm constantly just in touch with Stacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I text you cause you don't read your email. Right. Um, and then I email back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really want to need to. You're welcome, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got some other stuff I'm working on. Right. Um, I'm currently working on the AEW rule book. Oh. So we can get our rules posted online. I have like grand visions of eventually merchandising that. Uh-huh. So we have like a little like volume one and right. then like the refs have something they could sign, which would be dope. Right. I'm working on other stuff. I keep trying to like insert myself into this video game we keep talking about. So whether or not they want me to, I'm going to be working sure. on that video game. <laughs> sure. I get that. I basically just try and find things. It's literally what I did in video games. It's there's a job that needs doing. Right. And something needs to be done in order to move forward progress. Cool. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, that that's smart. I, it's it's the same take on my job that I've always done. Right. Because another podcast that I do, not only not only am I on it, but I produce it and edit it exactly and put it because I want to learn more. Right. I want to learn about all of the different aspects right. that make this because happen. Because you learn more, you become more valuable to the company. Correct. Yes. It's like I knew nothing about live television until right. I worked for AEW. Right. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it, crazy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> So now I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your work in the ring yeah. and the reception that you've had with the fans. It's weird. Yeah, because uh, the last weird. time that, uh, and it's happened many, many times, when you come out, they'll start chanting your name, the fans will. It's it's wild. Right. Like it's, because as a ref, like I was taught, and it's also kind of my philosophy that you are never the focus of the match. It's always the wrestlers. Right. You're there to help them tell a story. So I'm there purely for for other people. I'm sure. never, ever the center of attention. And I, I don't want to be. Like, that's not why I got into the business. I took the role knowing full well what it was. Um, so it's it's nice to be having the recognition. It's also just wild that, like, people know my name. Mm-hmm. Like, 
which is cool because AEW is allowing the referees to have personalities. You weren't always Aubrey Edwards, though. No, originally on the indies, I was Girl Hebner. Yeah, I know. G-E-A-R-L. Right. Um, so they know your name, they chant your name, and uh, and it's it's a great reception. It really is. It is. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it feels real good. Sure. But it's just, it's wild that it that it's happened, that that I've been given this platform and that people are just so accepting of what it is that I do. And I mean, there's a lot more appreciation for referees now. Sure. Because it's, they used to just kind of be the guys in the back that are made of glass. And if they take a single bump, they shatter. Right. Whereas like people follow me and they're like, oh, she's going to kick Jericho's ass. Like, <laughs> sure. Right. Well, you, you have that look. What I'm I would say that's, yeah, that's serious. That, right. It's like, I have, I have a very serious concern. Yeah, face. Very and, serious. Look. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an in charge face. Right. It's, right. it's, uh, focused. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, assertive it's confident like there's a lot of things that you just have to i i don't watch a lot of mma because i don't actually like violence or fighting mm -hmm. i like the fake stuff mm -hmm. um but if you watch like an mma referee like they're ready to get in there the moment that they have to sure so every little step even from the initial lockup you have to be paying attention to so i've kind of built my persona around that idea of literally this match could be over at any minute so I need to treat it like it could be over at any minute, essentially treating it like it's a shoot. And that's, I think, just resonated with a lot of people because part of what makes wrestling awesome is that suspension of disbelief where we all know it's predetermined. But halfway through the match, if you're like, I have no idea how this is going to end and I'm really excited about it, like that's what we want. Yeah. And anything I can do to help achieve that, like that's just, that's great. That's yeah. what I want. Again, I first saw you at Double or Nothing and I saw how serious you were and and how in charge you looked. And then I, I met you at the first TV tape, and I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> she's nothing like that girl in the ring. What, no, a, what a personality. The first, the first what an TV outgoing, taping, yeah. I was running around backstage trying yeah. to find a cameraman. Yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to find a goddamn cameraman. And I, went, I just like got real pissed off about it. <laughs> and I went, I'm going to like this lady a right. lot. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I... When they asked me to do this podcast, I'm like, I don't want, like, why? Like, Tony and I don't have anything in common. And then the more I hang out with you, I'm like, yeah. oh, no, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Right. And uh, just like all of the, our sense of humors are very similar. Sure, yeah. Like I'm all about dick jokes. You're yeah. all about dick jokes. Mm -hmm. It works out. Right. But yeah, it's it's just, it's wild. Sure. This whole journey has been wild. Yeah. It's been a good journey too. Now, it's been super fun. As, as being a, a female referee yeah. in a male-oriented business, I'm sure there's there has been some blowback, right? Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about that? Sure. I mean, like there's always going to be people who vocalize what they don't like. There's always that like really vocal minority. Yeah. The ones um, that are behind the keyboards, the one, the ones that are behind the keyboards that are very like, Oh, well I don't like this. Blah, 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 blah. Right. It's like, it's fine. You're, you're allowed to not like, or like certain things. Yeah. Like everyone's different. There's enough wrestling out there for, for you, whatever. But the thing that's really interesting is just how many, it, it, it's a very common occurrence where people just say like, I take too much attention away from the wrestlers. I'm too distracting. My favorite comment online once was that, uh, Someone couldn't watch the match because my lipstick was too distracting. Yeah, I'm like, you're not paying attention you're to the You're not wrestling. paying attention to the <laughs> match. Like, what the hell are you doing, buddy? Yeah, you're a creeper. Um, yeah, I think the social <laughs> media team gets at least one email a week about me and yeah. how I'm a distraction and yeah. like, people can't watch all elite wrestling because I'm on the TV. So do you stay off of social media? I or? have to. Yeah. Well, well, I don't stay off of social media. Like, I definitely still, like, I'm involved. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that, all the right. time. But uh, yeah, I try and just only focus on the good stuff because I don't want to live my life focused on the negativity. Like I'm a very lighthearted, bubbly person. Well, you sure are. 
I try and stay that way. And of course, you're the co-host here on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted. And yeah. Remind you that you can get your unrestricted podcast for free, free wherever you get your podcast. Tune in to AEW Dynamite each and every Wednesday, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central, and you'll see this very serious woman in the attention away from the rest. Yeah, all the time. You also hear this awesome dude, Tony Schiavone, saying, "Yes, Jr. You're yes, right. Jr. You're okay. right. Yes, Excalibur. Okay." And I'm Tony Schiavone, and this is... Aubrey Edwards. And we'll see you. Thanks for listening Peace. to AEW Unrestricted. Peace.